this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, usually Mike, Steve, and Dave, but right now, just Steve and Dave. We're looking for Mike. If you've seen him, let us know, but hopefully he'll be with us very soon. Steve, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, this whole Mike not showing up thing is, uh, you know, it's a little disheartening. You think that he would make time for the adoring public that listens to us week in, week out, but I see where his priorities lie, probably with his family or something you know, like any normal person, but, you know, I expected more of him. I expected him to just shelve the family thing, shelve the responsibilities and join us for something that he gets no money for, uh, very little credit, uh, and definitely like negative respect. Like he's, he's not, he's moving backwards on, you know, the street cred for being on this podcast, but he he is generally a, a walking punchline for the most part. So yeah, I, I, I can't imagine why he would be reluctant to, to join us. I don't know. I'm, I'm envisioning him like admiring some piece of meat that he's been grilling for multiple hours and he'll eventually show up and talk to us about his brisket that he's so proud of. That's, that's what I'm anticipating, but I could be wrong. That could, you know, that could be an interesting angle. Um, I wouldn't put it past him, but again, it, it's prioritization. Look, if you started that thing and it's going to run into the wicked uh, Bursey recording, you know what? Maybe it's got to burn. Who knows? Oh. Just... You know, you know, what's you know, what's funny, Steve, you know, what's really funny is we talked about him long enough that guess who showed up? It's Mike. Mike is joining the Wicked Spursy podcast. Oh, now, now he can't, his, his microphone's not working. So, so we're going to have to pretend that he's not here, but, but Steve, you and I both know Mike is with us. So, uh, Steve, he's with us in spirit. You know, that's what really matters. Definitely is. He doesn't look angry at all either. So that, that's a really good thing. So Steve, (laughs) tell me how you've been doing. What have you been up to? Oh, you know, mostly just working like you do. Um, but I'll tell you what I am about done with this whole summer thing. I, the heat, the humidity, I can't stand it, man. It's just, you walk outside and it's like the air just wants to stick to you. It's disgusting. And, you know, I know other people in, in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, they're probably looking at, you know, 80, 85, 90 degrees and thinking, well, you know, that's not as hot as it gets here. That's not terrible. But you have to remember, Vermont has eight months of winter where it's cold as fuck and you get acclimated to that, right? Suddenly 30 degrees feels warm. You know, when, when you've gone through that initial freeze, you get to 30, 40 degrees, you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You telling me 90 degrees and high humidity? No, fuck that. Like this is uh, enough's enough. Let's move on to the next season. You know, we got Premier League starting in nine days as of this recording. I'm done with summer. Let's move on. I don't know how you're feeling, Dave. You know, Steve, I, uh, I shared with you as we were getting started. I was, I was in the uh, the wonderful city of Burlington for a couple of days earlier this week. Sorry, Mike, I did not let you know that, um, so that you weren't. Able he did to it intentionally. Dinner, but I'll tell you what, it was really freaking hot. 
and it was really miserable and really uncomfortable. Um, and I agree with you, people from other parts of the country, you know, you talk to someone from the Southeast, you talk to someone from Houston, you know, uh, anywhere in the country this, this past week, they'll say, whatever, quit your complaining. But what's interesting to me here in Vermont compared to the Midwest where I, I grew up, like there's wind where I grew up, right? So even when it's, <laughs> when it's 90 degrees, 95 degrees, 100 degrees in the same humidity, there's at least a breeze that, that makes you think you might be feeling a little bit cooler. I'm looking out my window right now and I'm seeing what I always see. There are leaves all over the gazillion trees that are out there. And those leaves are not moving at all, not even a millimeter. It is just absolutely still. So like you said, that heat and humidity, it just, it just wraps you up and uh, there's no way to get away from it. it. makes it a little bit challenging. Yeah, up here, I mean, with the way the mountains are around us, you know, in this part of the state, at least, it's almost like a convection oven, right? It just circulates and circulates. Hey, hey, Steve, should we tell Mike that we can hear him now? I don't know. Maybe he wants to, you know, interrupt my my thrilling tale of heat in Vermont. He said you were full of shit, I think is what he said. Mike, can Uh, you hear us? Is that what he said? Son of a bitch. What's up with this guy? Hey, look who's here. You know what's wacky? What's wacky, Mike? Is that when you share your podcast lair with the children and <clears throat> they turn it into, and they have, you know, they have their FIFA lair uh, and or Xbox lair. Uh, so what happens is that they mess with your stuff. Because when you're in the same room together, your stuff becomes their stuff. Ah. Uh. Sounds like, so sounds like everything bad, bad yeah, parenting. Everything that's set up in my little tiny corner of this room uh, is all messed up. That's what happens when you show up two minutes before the podcast is supposed to begin, right, Mike? Um, Ooh. Yeah, but I was having dinner with my family. We we did subscribe to that as the likely reason why you were why you were so tardy to our our schedule. It was, uh, yeah, it was chicken. It was chicken tacos and uh, meat. Um, yeah, yeah, we got so that we, one too. We checked that box. All right, chicken tacos. We had um, on the chicken tacos. I had some nice uh, fresh shredded lettuce, some fresh tomato, freshly diced tomato, some queso fresco on top, um, and a little bit of uh, I, I can't remember the name of the taco sauce. Delicious, but my wife made this awesome uh, this uh, like roasted street corn salad. It was just lovely. So uh, everything went everything went well, uh, with the exception of these. Uh, I'm still trying to eat gluten free, not drink gluten free, but eat gluten free. Uh, and and she bought these um, at at my urging. Bought these uh, tortillas that were uh, she bought almond flour tortillas. Hmm. Um, I'm not fond of the corn tortillas just because they tend to break you know, unless you're having like a hard taco. Um, but the other ones were tapioca flour tortillas. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that, man. You ever have tapioca pudding? Hate it. Can't stand it. Won't right. have it again. So it's it, the same texture, but in a tortilla. Yeah. And the That's disgusting. It's yeah, like you know, Mike, well, so first I want to point out, um, Steve, mm. you see what, we, see what we did there? Mike came in all hot and bothered and sour. Like he, he came in hard and we very quickly 
turned him into a positive, upbeat mood. We got him talking about the toppings and condiments on his on his tacos, and now we got our mic back. So I just want to want to point that out that you handled that really maybe, well, Steve. Maybe and that's I got my, I got my uh, new commanders. Got my your new commanders jersey. Your new commanders Dave, jersey. Look at that, Dave. Maybe that's where you went, but I couldn't help but think, wow, he just passed up on all of our dozens and dozens of wicked Spursy faithful for tacos. So that's where you in listener land rank on Mike's scale of things of importance, tacos, tacos. <laughs> and then everything else. In, in, in my defense, I did get here two minutes before it was supposed to start. And once I logged on at 631, it said, hey, this is already in recording. So you guys started recording without me. We did so. <laughs> because, because we're like, screw this guy, man. We're rolling. We, we got work to do. Our subscribers you know, Dave- want, want the product. Dave, I think you need to share your philosophy with the world that you shared with us last week uh, when it comes to tardiness. I don't remember what it was. What was my philosophy, Steve? That tells you how important it is to me. (laughs) Your philosophy about how if you're on time, you're late. Oh, that's right. Yeah, totally raised that way. If you're on time, you're you're 10 minutes late. So, Mike, by being uh, two minutes early, you were eight minutes late. Sorry, buddy. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, hey, Mike, it is it is good to have you. We're we're excited about that. I wanted to say, and you know this, I've been I've been uh, trying to eat gluten free as well, not for um, you know not for any specific medical purposes, but just a personal hypothesis. I wanted to test and see if I felt better. And the truth of the matter is that I I actually do. Um, but here's what I've realized: when they try to make things that contain gluten, when they try to make gluten free versions of those, they're terrible. You're just better off eating the things that are naturally gluten-free because those taste like they're supposed to taste. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, you describe like tapioca flour tortillas and whatnot. Those like cop-out efforts just are are falling way short in my book. I've had I've had tortillas that tasted like straight up paper towels um, and said, yeah, never again. I'll just stick with the corn tortillas. I don't know if you have a similar experience to that. Um, I, I kind of am. Um, I, I kind of found some, I found a couple of, um, uh, I found a really nice multi-grain bread um, that actually works well for it's got all this stuff has like weird bad aftertaste because they have to use like sorghum and all kinds of like other additives to make the flowers act like they would had they had gluten in them. Right. Um, pastas are, are weird. Um, I'm, I'm finding that like if I can make my own pasta with, king arthur flour uh measure for measure flour um much easier than than, than buying the, the the pastas the gluten-free pastas like uh are, are, are generally terrible um i did find one that was like an organic uh just at our local grocery store an organic uh um it was rice flour and something rice and some other flour um but good for like you know pasta salads and that kind of stuff mac and cheese mm-hmm. there you that go that kind of stuff is is uh it's it's very good but i mean you're right generally why even try i mean give yeah. the people what they want you know which is like a nice hamburger bun but yeah yeah awful, it, awful. agreed but hey let's talk about more fun things than, than awfulness uh mike let's start with you what uh what have you been up to? First of all, we, we didn't get a chance to actually catch up beyond your dinner. What have you been uh, doing? Just, we don't have to get into that too much. I mean, I had a, we had our, um, I don't know if you talked about the Vermont green. Not um, yet. Not yet. Right, 
Take end of the take season. It. We had the, so let's let's just go from there, and then we'll we'll, we'll lead right into uh, right into our, our actual podcast. Yeah. So uh, Vermont Green uh, had two games in the past week uh, on last Friday night. Um, triumphant victory over uh, over the number one team in the nation, uh, who also claimed to have the best fans in the nation. Uh, not true. I, I watched that. I watched the live stream with a bunch of people at uh, at Vivid Coffee in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, we had about sixty people there. Uh, great showing. the 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 boys played um, mostly extremely well. They they uh, they hit on counterattacks when when they needed to hit on counterattacks. Um, they had some they had some beautiful build up play that led to a, a um, they built up from the back and it was, it was pretty awesome to watch, um, that ended up, uh, um, crossing in front of the goal for a, for a nice little Charlie Adams tap in, um, the, the, the midfield again was locked down. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're not one of these teams that, um, that does the, the, you know, low block encounter type of a thing, the team that they played were and they were very good at counterattacks, but they were also very good at sitting back and playing Burnley football, you know, just sitting back and 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 defending. They're they're really good at that. Um, and then they hit you with a counterattack. It's kind of it, that anti anti-football that they call it, uh, Mourinho type type football. And it wasn't fun to watch from on their end. I don't understand why their fans would get so excited. Um they had the best record in the league, most goals scored. Thing is, undefeated. Undefeated. Were they until um, that game? Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is that with the divisions in this league, anything you know, anything can happen. They, they you know, we could have, we were in the strongest division, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that team's division was pretty weak down, you know, past the top two. Um, so it is what it is. I mean, USL too has like a, what, it's like a hundred something teams, you know? Um, and then the second, so they won, they got a, they got a red card on a second yellow, uh, which was an undeserved yellow. Um, and they ended up with 10 men, um, got scored on three minutes later came back and scored again. Um, they beat this team with 10 men and then, and then defended well, but defended and played their game. Well, they didn't, they didn't stray from their, from their, uh, from their attacking plan at all. They did, they just kept on coming at this team. Like they had 11 men, uh, the, the second game. So that was a great victory. The second game was played a couple days later, delayed by lightning storms, they finally got on the field like an hour and a half late. And uh, by the 60th minute, the, the team was just gassed, hmm. just completely gassed. Um, uh, yeah. So unfortunately uh, what had happened with that red card, um, they found out that it was an undeserved red card because the second yellow wasn't, wasn't given to the proper guy. It was given to the wrong guy, so that they didn't even need to play that game with ten men. That first game, 
That's never fun but, to learn after the fact, is it? That's that's what you get in these lower leagues. So, but uh, yeah. Vermont Green, what a great season! What a great group of guys. I hope uh, a number of them come back. Um, I mean, the squad gets depleted as the season goes on because they have to go back to their college, you know, college commitments and uh, and, and their scholarships and stuff, and which in the end is more important, you know. Um, the rest of the guys stuck around because they're either going to University of Vermont or that or they're trying to. Uh, impress scouts from other teams, mm-hmm. you know, and, and higher ranking leagues. So um, I, I, I can't say enough for the coaching staff, um, for the players, um, for embracing the fans and the fans for embracing the players the way we did. What a great season for the first season, knocking off the number one team in the country, um, making it to the, to the regional semifinals. Uh, it, what an accomplishment and uh, I can't wait for next season. Very good. Steve, any comments from you on that? No, I, I just have to echo everything Mike said. It was, you know, a, a pleasure and a privilege to watch these guys in their inaugural season, just absolutely make their mark, um, you know, on the league, bringing in lots of fans, um, you know, and it's great for, for us locally too. We've got, you know, a lot more people with something to get excited for, to get engaged in, um, which is always a great thing. You know, those of you who are fortunate enough to have, you know, not just major league, but like minor league and, and lower league teams that you can go and support, you know, how much of a community builder that can be, how excited, you know, you can get talking with, uh, you know, guys at the the supermarket or whatever. Or, oh yeah. I see you got the Vermont green Jersey. Like I, I went to that game. It was really great. Um, it, it's, it's a good atmosphere. I think it adds uh, a little something extra to the area. So um, you know, for our listeners, thanks for humoring us, uh, over the last, what, like two episodes where we've been talking about this. Um, it, it has been quite the fun journey. You know, um, yeah, let, let's let it be said. We, uh, Wicked Spursy, we are strong supporters of the Vermont Green Football Club. We'll continue to be and keep talking about them. Mike, I want to point out, Steve would just give me a, like a little Norm McDonald vibe. I don't know if you caught that. It's like, Hey, I, uh, see so you got the, uh, Vermont Green Jersey there, right? There, there's just a, <laughs> just a little... <laughs> A little bit of a Norm McDonald in the produce section vibe there, but you know, thanks. Is that, uh, does that uh, come with uh, some Cracker Jacks or uh, something like that? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> hey, let's yeah, talk. Yeah, you must have got out of a Cracker Jack box. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk uh, Let's talk about the big club, club we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Steve, get us started, man. What's on your mind? What have you been watching? Rangers. Uh, that game, the preseason friendly, you know, I, I know Dave – doesn't want to get super excited about preseason matches because at the end of the day, they're meaningless, but I got to tell you, man, you know, the way that this team was playing, uh, you know, in the first half, it was a a nearly full strength side, probably as close to a a starting 11 as we're probably going to see with maybe one or two exceptions. Um, But, you know, they, they looked like they were there to play. I mean, this wasn't, from my perspective, watching them, it didn't, excuse me, it didn't look like they were going to, you know, just half-ass it, that they were going to just play around and try to be fancy and and try to, you know, wow the, the crowd with things that they wouldn't normally do in a game. They went out to play and man, they, they fucking went out to play. Um, we did concede uh, the first goal and, and, you know, Part of me was like, God, Jesus, Conte is going to murder these guys for that. But, uh, you know, he got them to rally. Kane and Son just absolutely 
look to be in, in peak form already. And the season hasn't even started. You know, if I'm Southampton watching that game, watching the, the sort of moves that Sun are making, that Kane's making, some of the passing that they're doing in and around the box, I'm shitting myself. Like that's their first game and they already look that good. Unreal. Uh, and to make matters worse, I think for uh, the rest of the teams in the league, you know, second half, lots of rotation, especially as the game goes on. We ended up with what's ostensibly our B team, right? The the reserves, the backups. And, you know, in, in years past, if we fielded a B team, we might as well have not fielded anybody because there was just no comparison, right? There's no like for like. There's no you know, this person can step into that role and, and do it adequately. I didn't feel that in the second half of the Rangers game, right? And, and you know, maybe that part of it is is that preseason, you know, they're feeling each other out. They're both making changes. Nobody's going at it hard anymore. Um, but the way that they executed on the game plan, I mean, I saw a team that was disciplined, that was well-drilled, that knew what they were doing, that knew what they were responsible for, Um And that for me is encouraging, right? Whether or not that translates into a competitive fixture, you know, we'll see in a couple of weeks here, but, you know, I, I, I saw some of these fringe players going out there and fucking trying their absolute hardest. And, and, you know, for me, that comes down to Antonio Conte and his philosophy, right? He wants guys that are going to be there to battle for the club, to buy completely into what he wants out of them or they're gone. Right. And I think we see that by the fact that there are arguably more talented players on the payroll that are clearly being lined up with moves away because they either don't care enough to put the commitment in for Conte. They maybe don't fit his style of play well enough. Um, you know, I'm thinking like a Reggion who I absolutely love as a player, but he's not, a, he's not a wing back. Right. So he's probably not getting that, that spot. Um, and Dabale obviously is the first not caring category, but, uh, yeah, he's more than willing to just, you know, fuck these guys. They're not going to do what I need them to do. They're not going to fit in with uh, the system that I need to play. They can sit at home and try to figure their futures out. I'm not dealing with that shit. And for me, that shows the backups that like, you know, we can't take it for granted, even as a reserve, even, even as a, a second string uh, player, if we're not up to it, he will put me on the transfer list and they will find a replacement, whether it's, you know, summer window, January window, nobody is safe. Nobody is undroppable. Um, and you see, I don't know if you guys saw some of the pictures coming out of the training session today. These guys are looking in peak physical condition too. I mean, holy shit, Dyer looks like a stand-in for the fucking Hulk. He's, it's just incredible, man. Like this is going to be an exciting season. I'm really looking forward to the next test uh, in a couple of days here against uh, Jose Mourinho's Roma. You know, Steve, you made me think just now, well, first of all, the Dyer as Hulk um, made me laugh, but (laughs) You know, you made me you made me think about Ndombele, and I'm hoping this is maybe the last time we ever ever talk about him. How sad is it that they can't find a home for that guy? They can't find any takers. You know, at least with the other guys that they're shopping, you 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 know, guys know how I feel about ITK, but at least you hear the rumors. You know, at least you hear so and so's in for. There's a conversation. Ndombele, what you hear is 
ain't nobody wants to take that dude. And, and like, as I try to analyze that, like if I'm in Dombele, how do I feel? Um, maybe I feel badly for myself while I'm counting my money. I'm not sure, you know, what that, yeah. what that exactly looks like, but if I'm, if I'm the owners, like, how do I feel about that? Am I just willing to take the loss just to keep that guy away from the pitch? Like it's, it's a really, really interesting thing with that guy. Um, Mike thoughts on that before we go to your other observations. And Don <clears throat> yeah. Like, do we really want to talk about him anymore? You know, he, he's become, you know, you have a, uh, you have a yard sale, right? You put all <laughs> your things out on the table. Yeah. Um, Oh, this, this over here looks uh, interesting. Uh, oh, this, it's a Harry Winks. Um, <laughs> can we get, can we get that for five bucks? Okay, cool. Um, oh, this little salsa looks kind of cool too over here. Uh, oh, you want eight bucks for that? Okay, cool. We'll take that too. Um, what's this over here? No, 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 I'm not interested. It's like that, you know, he's the, like at the end of the night, it's the last bit that's left on the table at your yard sale and all you can do really to get rid of that thing that you didn't want to begin with is to kind of just stick it out in front of your driveway turn the lights off and put a free sign in front of it that's true and then after that doesn't work you take you take it to goodwill or to the dump right it it happened it happened to Serge Aurier right we just said somebody just take him just go it's gonna it's probably at least he wasn't as toxic Yeah. um, You see, in that analogy, I I feel like it's like, you know, Granny's trying to sell like a brick of asbestos and everybody knows that shit's not good for you. You don't want asbestos anywhere near your family. That has to stay on the table. Um, And and Granny probably knows that I really shouldn't keep this in the house, but nobody's biting. I don't know why anybody is passing up on this perfectly decent brick of asbestos. At one point, it looked good. Right, I'm sure if this was 40 or 50 years ago, yeah, snap that right up. It's a deal. It's fireproof. But... I mean, you got to try and sell it somehow. See what? Yeah, you guys, but right you guys now are... it's like fuck this. Right, <laughs> analogies. You're are... giving me episode titles left and right here, man. I got a lot to work with, so I, I think. Um, <laughs> um, Mike, back over to you. So uh, yeah, this the I I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I, I I didn't feel like the last two games were really were friendlies. Both of those teams took the game very seriously. Uh, I like that we got this, got some runouts in in the second half, you know, of, of some of the new, the new fellas. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you know, we got to see a little bit of what Parasitch is about, right? That dude's constantly moving, constantly, constantly running. He's, very very fit very in shape he put in some fantastic tackles in the limited amount of time that he had he put in some fantastic tackles he uh he passed the ball well uh he receives the ball really well he's just very fit and he's like what 63 years old or something give or take yeah give or take he's and he's probably the best in the best shape out of any player on the team um and then you we got to see basuma and um, Basuma was Basuma was great, you know, minus his his oddly uh, shaped shorts. Um, I, I don't know if you saw, but he, he tucked his shorts up in. Um, so kind of it's uh, Basuma was good. Uh, he didn't get much of a run on. He's coming off of COVID, so he's probably still you know got to get got to get that fitness in. 
Um, I loved seeing what Richarlison did. Um, I still don't like Dave Sanchez on the left. Um, him being on the left probably led a little bit to what happened with that with the goal they conceded, um, where Dyer had to kind of try and track back and fill that space for him for for Sanchez. Um, but I mean, whatever. It was a preseason game, but it, it played it played like like a uh, like a midseason uh, you know derby game. That said, uh, Kulisevsky, man. I mean, obviously, you know, a couple fumbles with the with the finishing, but man, he was get out getting out in front of the ball. Um, he was receiving passes well, uh, driving into the box, um, driving the ball down into the corner and crossing the ball in. Like he was do, doing all of those things he was doing at the end of last season, but he was doing it at a better pace. Um, he was doing it, you know, at, at more ease than he was uh, at the end of last season. He's going to come along amazingly. Uh, any thoughts we had or anybody had of Richarlison taking his spot, I think are gone now. Um, Harry Kane doing what Harry Kane does in the midseason, yet it's the third preseason game. Uh, you know, Sonny still doing Sonny things, you know, running into balls, like running, bombing in from the back and, and running into Harry Kane passes. Um, it, it, these guys are in midseason form already. And then Richarlison comes on, you know, and then we bring Perisic on and we're still pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward. And I honestly think that that we're going to see Basuma get turned into more of an attacking midfielder. And Mike, and I want to ask you this question. Pass is so nice. You've, you've touched on it a couple of times and I want to be very pointed about this observation um in that game harry kane got subbed off did you see a decline in our attacking capability not at all you know we have we have and we keep hearing people say oh why are you going to bring this guy in why are you going to bring this guy in where are they going to play when are they going to play that it's not an a and b team situation anymore there's no starting 11 the starting 11 will be dictated by who you're playing the tactics that the other team uses going into the game and who's fresh and who's the freshest, right? I mean, a as, great it, point as be, it should be, as it should right. be. So you have, you have, we've been saying this all along. You get these, who gives a fuck, you know, where are they going to play? Who fucking cares? Get him. If Conte wants him, get him, get him. Right. I don't care. Sit him on the fucking bench, but get him just in case we need him. Right. Yes. Is, get, no, get, it's gonna. You're gonna see more of a rotation with these guys this year. You know, probably Perisic isn't gonna start the first game. Jed Spence probably isn't gonna start the first game. That kid, though. Holy shit! I didn't know he could play defense that way. Dude, I knew. I, I, I have knew to he was admit. a good ball carrier and a good passer. Um, you know, I know, I know, he, I know he's just fast as hell. But like, watching that guy get back and play defense too. Mm -mm 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 -mm. he is going to be something special man he really is 
I have to admit, when we signed him, I thought, you know, this is going to be a Sessignon situation. You know, he's probably going to need a loan, probably going to need a little more development time. Watching him slot into that game, have some of those impeccable touches, make some really smart, decisive play, especially, as you said, on the, on the defensive side of things. Holy shit, was I wrong? This is this is somebody who could compete. Like Saka last year said it was the, it was a hard to see a, a defender he had to play against all season. Yeah. And that tells you something, man, like that dude is going to be something special and we may have stumbled on something for a relatively uh, inexpensive uh, yep. cost. Yeah. And Mike, I just, you know, I think the perfect example with everything that you're trying to say is, you know, they had the team news coming out for the trip to, to Israel. Um, Skip's not traveling. He got hurt in training. He's got right. stitches on the top of his foot. I don't know about you guys, but a year ago, if somebody told me Skippy is injured and won't be playing, I just chalked the game up to a loss. I don't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I, you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry. Um, that's the point, right? That's the point. We're going to make it a rotational squad. There's no A squad. There's no B squad. There's no starting 11. You know, if, if you slip, you're out. <laughs> if the tactics, if the tact, that's the other thing too, is like, everybody's got to stay frosty all the, all the time. Right. All of the time. It also, like it. It also, yeah. Also being able to like rotate your squad like that at any point allows you to change tactics mid game, especially with five, with five subs. And we know that we know that Conte likes to, uh, run his wing backs into the fucking ground by the 50th minute guys so, i i will say it over and over um too deep with high quality players in every position is exactly the team we want to be right like like you said mike the starting 11 who gives a crap there there should be a an evolving starting 11 that's contingent upon personnel team we're playing the situation etc i'm yeah. with you with you 100 I don't, I don't give a sh- i don't give a shit if we've got 37 midfielders yeah, absolutely. As long as they can all play, just keep buying people. You know, why not? Hey, I, let's uh, let's pivot to a little, little question and answer for you guys. Are you ready for this? Oh, all uh, right, all right. Makes sense. I'm gonna bounce, gonna gonna bounce back and forth between the two of you. This is a really simple question. We're we're playing Jose Mourinho's Roma on Saturday uh, in Israel, and so what I'm curious about is when the game has concluded, will people go up and acknowledge? jose with a conversation handshake or possible you know dap up hug type of scenario or will they completely blow him off so steve i'm gonna start with you um ryan mason will he acknowledge jose i think so um i think you know at the very least there's some sort of respect there you know whether or not they get along personally who am I to say, but I think at least in front of the cameras, Ryan Mason is smart enough to understand the optics of the situation and what would be going on if he doesn't acknowledge Jose. Right. So I think, you know, personally, I don't think there's any kind of animosity or anything like that, but uh, even if there were, you know, Ryan Mason's a smart guy, he's not going to do anything that's going to detract from, you know, whatever, we saw on the field, right? Spurs win. He doesn't want the talking point to be, oh, Mason didn't didn't shake Mourinho's hand. What's up with that? All right, there you go, Steve. Mike, here's a layup for you. You ready? Hoybier, yes or no? Don't care. 
What do you mean? You don't care or he doesn't care? I don't care. Mike, so what are you, are you shutting down a segment? Is that what you're doing? I'm here? not shutting down a segment. I'm telling you that none of that. That's a big matter. fuck you to you, they're, Dave. No, they're, they're, no, here's the deal. They're fucking professionals. Hey, you know, you know what, Steve? Um, we're going to skip a segment tonight and we're going to go straight to your conspiracy corner. So, Mike, we don't give a shit what you're so, drinking, homie. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's I'm, trying the deal. To, I'm trying to segue you into your moment of glory. And you're going to come all hard like that, man. What? I had to come hard after, after, after what you did to me in the beginning. That's what she said. I'm, ding! Ah, <laughs> oh, Steve. Steve's regularly getting canceled, isn't he? <laughs> Mike, you teed it up, man. No, Come no. On. So I had to, I had to, I had to fuck with you because I had to fuck with you because of uh, how the how the night started. Um, Hoiberg, yeah, no, you, sure. no, 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 no. You missed your opportunity. Gone. It's done. You no. ruined it, Mike. Mike ruined. I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna say my piece. I'm gonna say Steve mute him. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say my piece. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say my piece. Hoiberg, um, honestly, I. I think he will. I, I don't think any of these guys are that fickle. They're not that. I don't. I don't think they hold any ill will toward Jose. I do think that they are professionals, and I think that Hoyberry is a professional. I don't. I don't know that they're gonna that he's gonna show him any love. I think they'll shake hands. All right. All right. I'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself. I'm asking two more. You ready, Steve? Here's yours, Doherty. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I could see, I could see him being more of the, uh, you know, oh, well, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. You know, afterwards, after everybody's gone away, they go home. Somebody says something. Hey, why didn't you show? Well, I didn't see him. And you know, you can just look at the video and watch him like position himself in such a way where he doesn't have to make that acknowledgement. Again, it's all optics, right? He doesn't want to just outright dismiss it. But I, I, I could see him putting himself in a position where, like, you know, if they're coming over to shake hands, Darby's like already on the other side of the field pretending to celebrate with the fans or something. You know, he's too busy for that. Yeah, I, I agree. Doherty, he's interesting. He's got he's got a little bit of social awkwardness that comes out on occasion, right? Like he seems like he doesn't quite know what to do or how to how to carry himself. And then he gets really funny, but he it's almost like his default is he's sort of uncomfortable. Mike, coming to you. You ready? Last one. Mm-hmm. See what, you, see what you say. You said earlier how you feel about this player, but I, I feel like he and Mourinho may have some beef. Davidson Sanchez. Yeah, there's not a chance. All right, there it is. <laughs> hey, Mike, I got another question for you. Yeah, what's up, man? What you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. I should have known. I, I better should have known better. Um, well, Dave, since I do love when you ask me that question, I know you do. Um, today, uh, I'm I'm going to do another IPA because that's just what seems to be coming out of my fridge lately. Um, this past week, uh, had the week off, took the kids down uh, for a day trip to Boston and to the beach. Uh, we went to the aquarium and came back um, through New Hampshire, went, went and saw the ocean. Kids got to play around with the sharks and such. Um, and you hit the uh, the no tax liquor stores. I'm assuming. No, 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 no. I, I my unfortunately my uh, liquor cabinet was already full. Um, I did not need any more gin nor vodka. So, um, 
and I've quit the brown liquor. So none of that stuff. Um, so what we did do is stopped in our old hometown. Uh, Amy and I used to live in a town called Portsmouth, which might segue into something else, uh, a little bit of news that we, we got recently. Um, so in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, there's a number of breweries. Uh, there's the Red Hooks and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, we were out right outside of Portsmouth in a town called Newmarket, but it's like a little suburb of Portsmouth almost. Uh, there's a bunch of little towns outside of Portsmouth that make up the greater Portsmouth area. Um, so this town, when I was living there, they was called the up and coming town. Now it's becoming a bigger and bigger town um, and it's growing by the year. Um, lots of young people go there, live there. Um, there's a brewery there now that wasn't there when I lived there. And it's called Deciduous. Um, That's a great name. Yeah, it is a great name. They have a, they have a neat little logo. It's kind of a half leaf. Um, going in there, it's kind of like in a strip mall that was never there before, but it looks like it's old. Um, it's, it's, the brewery is only six years old. Um, so I've heard that they have some good beers here. I, I had a couple of beers that uh, I opened one for the beginning of this pod that was not good. Um, and uh, so the beers that I had there were okay. Uh, they had a Kolsch style that was okay. It wasn't great. Um, this one kind of caught my eye because the can is kind of cool. It's got little uh, little firework bursts all over at different colored fireworks. Um, it's called Sky Party, which, you know, this fireworks and party in the sky. Um, it's a double India Pale Ale. Uh, clocks in at 7.8 AVB, ABV. That's pretty high. Um, and they can it right there. You know, a lot of these places will farm out their canning or they'll bring in a, a company to can for them. Um, so we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, so I didn't get any more information out of, out of, out of this. It doesn't, they don't have a little description on the can, nothing, no fancy frills or anything like that. And like I said, their beers were just okay. I wanted them to be great. A lot of people said that they were fantastic beers. Um, we'll there's see. anything I've learned about New Hampshire and my time on this planet, particularly living in Vermont, it's that if anybody in New Hampshire says that things are good, you can almost be assured that it's crap. <laughs> Sorry, New Hampshire, but you you know what though, Steve? I got I got to counter you. I got a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna half name shout somebody. I got a good friend who um, just took the job as the school superintendent in Portsmouth, who is a uh, superstar that used to be over on the Vermont side. Guy guy named Zach. So I'm gonna give a shout out to Zach, who's a phenomenal dude, except for the fact that he's a Liverpool fan, which he and I have discussions about on occasion, but. I am going to say there's at least one good thing that I can point out that's over there. Is that hey, okay? One of, my, one of my best friends lives in New Hampshire, but he tells me all the time, you know, if they want something good to eat or, or to drink, it's, you know, let's drive into Massachusetts, let's go to Boston. You know, that's why <laughs> they pretty much live in New Hampshire, just so that they can be close to Boston without having to pay Massachusetts taxes. Not a bad strategy, to be honest. You know, there's there's good people everywhere, right? You know, I'll joke about how certain places are garbage, but let's be real. You know, there's garbage people everywhere. You know, Steve, I want to point out we've been given Mike time to taste, sample, score. He hasn't touched it yet. He's uh, he's fiddling he's around afraid. on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, I can see him trembling. 
curious. What no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a little callback uh, to our friend, uh, Lone Freighter. Ooh, is that so Excellent. easy? We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> um, <clears throat> new one from them, it says. Ooh. Add on tap at the brewery. Bo- board says Citra, Montuca, uh, and Topaz hops. Pours completely opaque, bright gold color with one finger biscuit head that leaves intricately. <laughs> Gotta watch out for that one finger biscuit. Head. This is truly a gorgeous beer, and it goes on and on and on and on. Now, and on now on. there's a great podcast title: One Finger Biscuit Head. <laughs> so that is beautiful, Biscuit Head, um, which is different than Buckethead, who's uh, who's a guitar player. Um, I gotta tell you, man, I don't sm- I don't smell biscuits or anything like that. I, you know what I do smell? A lot of fruit. Uh this is gonna be a big beer. I can already tell. It smells uh, very similar to uh, a couple of other um, Vermont beers that we know are very famous that I won't mention because we're doing this on Sky Party. Um, but let's take a taste, and I'll tell you what I think. I'm just looking at his face, trying to see if I can gain any insights. You know what? I'm gonna I am gonna name drop here. Uh, 14th Star B72. Uh, very similar taste. Uh, it's thick. It's heavy. Uh, Mouthfeel, Dave. It, it feels creamy. Um, Just like a biscuit tasty. head should. It's tasty. It's tasty. Um, you can have maybe one. It's a double IPA. You can have maybe one or two. Um, I think it's trying to be something that it's not. Mm, which is what? Which is a, 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 a which is a big, hoppy, citrusy New England style double IPA. Um, it's trying to be something that it's not. I I, I want to give it a high. It smells really fucking good. Like I can smell it coming from the can. I can smell it coming from the glass. It's just the taste isn't isn't right right there you know it doesn't it doesn't grab you and want to bring you in make you want to get more it, it doesn't want to make me travel back there to get more mm-hmm. um i'm gonna say uh 3.8 oh wow 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 um just because it's trying it's trying to be something that it's not i feel like that's a high rating for the way you describe it maybe we're just bad it's not a bad beer like you know 3.5 is a middle of the road kind of decent beer it's not a bad beer i think i think anywhere between you know maybe if it's 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 a good beer it's well made it tastes good you can drink it and not it doesn't make you want to go ah i'm not having another one of those um but it's trying to be like it wants to be a 4.5 beer right it's just not. That's it's just very, not. Very interesting. Mike, I'm curious. Um, we might have some great inflation going on, perhaps, because I'm wondering oh. if I'm wondering if a 2.5 should be a middle of the road decent beer on a five-point scale. How do you feel about that? Why why would 3.5 be that threshold? Anything below a three is a terrible beer. But why is that? That doesn't make any sense in the in the context of the overall. No, I understand world. what you're saying. Uh, half of five is two. 
right? No, it's two and a half. Well, it's, it's two, two, and, two half. and a half. Yeah. It's the yeah. American education system, folks. I know. I was, I, I, was very good at, I was very good at math. And, 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 and in fact, uh, that's my job. That's Catholic um, school math for you right there, Mike. Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to stack my numbers just like you did, David. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, how to kind of respond to that. It's just, just on my scale, anything below a three just is, just not a, is just not a good beer. You know, I want the song. I'm going to tell you what, I, I will rarely give you a beer that's lower than a two. Okay. I, I think there could be a chance of that though, Mike. Would you like to talk about the, uh, the, Hey Mike, what you drinking series challenge. that we have been discussing? Uh, the challenge? Play? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. would you like to get into that? Yeah. Let's, let's get into that. Um, Steve wants to hear the song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give me the song. We'll, we'll do the song. So, uh, you know, stay keeping within that uh, wanting to be something that it's not. Um, I'm going to go Limp biscuit, break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how Fred Durst, you know, he's break stuff in that song. He's trying to convince you that he's fucking tough, but yeah. you just know he's not. He's trying to be something that he's not. He's trying to be gangster. He's trying to be a rapper, but he's also, a, you know, a punk, heavy metal, new, you know, new metal kind of, kind of stuff. That's, that's the good, way it makes me feel. I like the song. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun song for the time. I'm not going to go out and search to listen to it again. It, Fred, it's, it's so it, it's more Fred Durst than anything. It's more Fred Durst. It's Fred Durst. This beer, this beer is Fred Durst trying to be something that's not. Right. Um, so the, 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 the Wicked Spursy, hey, Mike, what you drinking challenge. We have two options on this. Um, since it's getting kind of stale with all these friggin' IPAs uh, and all these summer beers uh, we're having, um, I want to I wanna kind of change it up. Um, so we have two, two ways we can do this, and I'm going to give you guys the options. All right. First one, first option will be to do a series of macro brews. Um, I was thinking maybe a series of five macro brews um, that we choose and it would obviously be the big, the big three, right? Which is going to be Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. Okay. And we can add in a couple, a couple more. So we can do a series where we do one tasting because I don't really, I don't really drink those I have in the past. Um, but we can do a series of week by week doing one each week, or we can add in two more beers and have a challenge to see if I can guess which one is which, or we, or number three, we can do the series and then do the challenge at the end of the series. I like the idea of the challenge. And, I think that and can be we fun. record the challenge and put it on the Twitter. We will put it on our Twitter and our Facebook. This is an interesting quandary. Um, Steve, I'm contemplating. Do you have a, do you have a response ready? What are you thinking? Well, my thoughts are, you know, I, I would want him to at least have them fresh on his mind, right? So I'd want him to try them all so that he's not just taking a fucking guess, you know, during the challenge, which... He might anyway, but I want it to be at least fair, right? I don't want his 30-year-old mind 
trying to figure out, you know. 46, I'm 46. Yeah, but you weren't drinking when you were 16, right, Mike? That wouldn't have been a good thing. Definitely not. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, you know, you haven't had this shit in 30 years maybe this is kind of what I remember. I want them fresh in your mind. So I want you to try them all. And then I want a little bit of time to pass so that you don't immediately know what the last one you've tried was. Then do the challenge. All right. All right. I hear you there, Steve. I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball, and you guys are welcome to respond either way to this. So first, Mike, the big three. Uh, I can get on board with that. That said, I would recommend uh, a change in direction. Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light. I would say Budweiser, Miller Genuine Draft, and Coors Banquet Beer. Right? Like if we're gonna do them, let's at least do the let's at least do the manly versions of them. I'm gonna throw that out as one thing. Second, I do think we do have we do have audience that lives overseas, and you know I would like them to be able to develop an understanding and a desire for some of the things that um, those of us who grew up prior to the craft beer era, you know, lived with and, and um, navigated as young drinkers, definitely not 16. Excuse like me. Mike, I, right? I've, I've got to throw a warning flag. Dave, did, did you just enforce gender stereotypes on these beers yep. with a millennial presence? Have you ever had a Miller genuine draft, Steve? I have. Yeah. So then nobody's, nobody's had a Miller genuine draft in about seven years. Cause they don't make it anymore. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, anyway, so we'll, we'll move on from that. But the other <laughs> thing, Mike, I want to throw out is like, I feel like the point is, a, Dave, you're canceled. Thank you. I, I thank you. That's less responsibility and burden for me. So I, I appreciate that cancellation. Um, you're welcome. Just looking out for you, Mike. There's, there's like another layer, right? Like, and that's what I'm intrigued by. You know, there's the, um, there's the Rolling Rocks, the Narragansetts, the Milwaukee's Best, the, the Hams, the Old Styles, right? There's that layer beneath the macros that is fascinating that I, I'm at least really interested to hear Mike critique and rate. And I don't know if the rest of our audience would be as well, but I feel like we got options, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I don't want to keep our options too closed, but I do recognize we have to start somewhere and maybe, uh, you know, starting somewhere that's contained would be a good idea. So with that, Mike, based on what you've heard, how do you want to start? What do you want to do? We'll do a, we'll do a series. Um, we'll do a series and it'll be a different one every week. And, but the, the caveat and the, and it only applies to me is that I have to buy these in six packs because you can't just buy single beers anymore. Um, which means I'll have to drink these, which means, um, on August 20th that you will be drinking some of them. Fair, fair. Mike, here's a crazy barbecue. I'm going to make a commitment <laughs> to you. I'm going to make a commitment. Steve, I don't expect this of you per se, but you can do it if you want. You give me advance heads up which one you're doing. I will go purchase the same one so I can enjoy it with you. All, All right. We can, we can be in the same boat. How's that sound? All right. It'll be a team effort. Team effort. Perfect. That, beautiful. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a... What, this has been hey mike what you drinking we've all agreed on something not only did we figure out what mike's drinking tonight but we figured out what mike's drinking for like the next eight months so mike awesome we're excited about it well done sir that was by the way deciduous sky party Party from uh just outside of portsmouth new hampshire 3.8 on the mike scale so it it uh, is a really good beer just trying to be something it's not right 
it's it's trying to be a 4.5 there you go we all gotta we all gotta have goals shoot for something steve speaking of goals shooting for something let's talk about spurs what's next we got roma this weekend we got opening day a week and a half out right what what are you thinking about as you look ahead ah well dave as i look ahead all i can think of is the shady nature of backroom dealings going on within the soccer community particularly in europe that uh, don't particularly seem fair to most clubs yet for some reason some of the bigger ones seem to be getting away with it with increasing regularity steve it feels like you are slowly retreating into a corner um and i just want to check is that in fact what you're doing i might already be there dave i might already be there well punch your way out of that corner man let's see it happen i want to i want to hear what you got well dave I don't know if you're aware of this, but, uh, you know, Barcelona made another signing today, another $50 million signing for a club that couldn't fucking register players for what, at least one, maybe two windows. And suddenly they're signing what three $50 million plus players in a row. Shit doesn't add up. How do you get away with signing this shit when you can't afford to play the pay the players that you already have? They keep talking about these levers that are being pulled, these financial levers. And when I hear that, and I'm sure when many of you hear that, you immediately think that there's some shady backroom shenanigans going on, money changing hands, uh, people looking the other way executives just not really giving any sort of care or consideration to what's going on because they've got their piece of the pie. And it just doesn't sit right with me. It feels like we are seeing some of these, you know, shadow figures moving in the background, trying to get their pieces in play so that the big names, the the more traditional top clubs get back in the limelight where they have, previously fallen and i'm thinking you know if it happens with with a barcelona what's stopping it from happening to a manchester united they were in the limelight for so many years in the premier league they've kind of fallen to mediocrity uh lately who's to say that some shady dealings aren't going to start happening there we're going to see shit popping up that you know just doesn't quite feel right you know they signed martinez after getting 10 hug you know that feels like it was probably some kind of uh deceitful ploy to reinforce their defense uh, Ronaldo they're trying to get him out the door wasn't he a long serving uh, servant of the club he you know came did a lot of work for them he saved their season and now they want to get rid of him seems odd to me um, and of course it can't possibly be because he's upset the dressing room and is a selfish player and uh really absolutely destroys the chemistry of the clubs that he plays at that aren't explicitly built around him. No, that can't be it at all. It's definitely because somebody is trying to work something out to get him in a position where, you know, they can start bringing in some of these bigger talents, some of these younger uh, superstars uh, to try to catapult Manchester United back to the top of the pack. I don't like it. It's underhanded. It feels wrong, you know? I, I think that these, these figures in the darkness need to take a fucking step back 
and let nature take its course. If the club can't stand on its own fucking legs, let it die. You know, it's these same sort of people who made shitty investments and they're just looking for any excuse to keep their business afloat. They don't deserve to be afloat. They don't deserve any kind of bailouts or any kind of handshake deals. I'm telling you what, you know, you see it with Barcelona now, keep your eyes open. You're going to see it with some of these other clubs and and suddenly Spurs are going to be the ones that get shafted because of it being not a traditionally top table club. They're going to be coming for Spurs at some point. You mark my words. Steve, um, I was totally with you up to the very, very end. I, I couldn't find any, any fault with what you were saying. And I'd, I'd like you to go further with why they're going to be coming for Spurs next. What's that? What's that mean? Well, not everybody can be number one. We've got Antonio Conte right now. We've got a squad that looks competitive. We've got uh, arguably our best chance at, at breaking up this top four dynamic, potentially going third, maybe even second could compete for that first. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the point is, the trajectory for Spurs is upward. It hasn't traditionally been that way. And we all know how these old fucking boomers in power like to keep the status quo and refuse to change anything, even if the natural order of things insists that we move in a more progressive direction. They want to do everything in their power to squash it. They're going to look at what happens with Spurs this season. They're going to realize that they're in danger. They're precious fucking Manchester United and Chelsea are going to start falling by the wayside and they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that that does not become a permanent fixture. They are going to subvert and they are going to go after Spurs in underhanded ways that benefits the Uniteds and the Chelsea's, but fucks up what we've got, the good thing that we're building towards. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first. They're coming for us. I, I did. Mike, I, I don't have a lot to say. I can't pick it apart while I could go after a few aspects, but I don't think Steve has entirely lost it. What do you think? <laughs> you know, as, as wild and long-winded as that was. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that hurts. God damn, I'm coming hard today. No, no. Um, um <laughs> Again, <laughs> listen, the, the thing is, the thing is that like every single week, these quote unquote crazy conspiracies become more and more plausible, plausible, um, coherent thoughts <laughs> that aren't wildly uh, you know, out of this world. It, you know, we've been we've been steering the boat. Uh, you know, it seems like away from the iceberg every week since we decided that Dave had been on a trip to the Bahamas with, with you know, Joe and Dan. Joe and Dan say hi to all the listeners, by the I way. I cannot disprove that. Up. None of us can. No, Jesus you can't. So, so no, I think, I think it's, it's, it could be true, you know. It's the same thing with... Uh, the major league baseball does with uh, the New York Yankees, you know, when their ratings are down, all of a sudden here come the Yankees. we got to put the Yankees on TV every week, you know, 
we got to do everything we can to make sure the Yankees make the playoffs. Um, oh, salary cap? No, we're gonna we're gonna let you guys slide on that. We're gonna let you guys slide on that. Here, yes, no, spread it out this way along, around all your players. The, the the Dodgers too. It's the same thing with the Dodgers and major major league baseball. Baseball are huge offenders of this. Huge offenders, and it's not that's not a conspiracy theory. Just because I'm a Red Sox fan, I bet Dave would agree that that these teams always seem to to get all these giant named players and somehow they make it work so that they don't blow up the salary cap and they never get, they never get that busted down on the, uh, you know, on the luxury tax deal. So like I, I would, not, I would agree, but it's no different from being a Spurs fan and watching Manchester city and Liverpool and, and the things that they make happen in a financial fair play environment, right? Like it's the same. No, that's, the, and that's thing. what I'm saying is like, they're going to make it work for the teams that make their league work. Yeah. So Steve's not completely off base. Uh, Spurs are going to get fucked over because of this at some point. Right. Folks, um, you heard it here first. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> Mike, what do you got, man? You've had time to recover from that uh, that pretend beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the beer is very real. It's just not. <laughs> it's the Fred you know? Durst. <laughs> the Fred Durst. Um, so looking to what's ahead, uh, Jose Mourinho, I know you want, we want to build it up to, to something that it's really not. Um, it yeah, is a, it's, dude, a, it's Darth Vader is coming, is coming back to face his old team. What are you, what are you talking about? Build it up to something that's not. No, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's actually going to be a good game. It's going to be a real game. It's their final, it's the player's final chance to impress their coach and say, Hey, listen, you know, it's my, it's, it's my spot. This is my spot. I deserve this spot. Or they're going to have the chance to say, look at what we can do as a team. Um, I think Jose Marino's squad has a lot of those, has a lot of those players that say, Hey coach, look at me. You know why? Because we as Spurs fans know, Manchester United fans know, uh, Chelsea fans know, um, all the other fucking 800 teams that he's coached. All those fans know that those players have to impress their coach, Jose Mourinho, individually, or they're going to be fucking gone. They'll be ostracized, and it doesn't matter who they are. They'll be gone, ostracized. I don't see Conte. Conte doesn't really do that. When a player doesn't isn't doing what he needs him to do, he doesn't just bench him. He works with him to make him better, to make him better to fit within that system that he wants him to play in. And, and um, that's why you don't see uh, Conte giving up on a player like Lucas Mora. You don't see Conte giving up on a player like a Davinson Sanchez, a Ryan Sessegnon, a, 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 a Emerson Royale, you know, Royale with cheese. Um, you you don't see him giving up on those players. Jose Mourinho would toss those fucking guys out. He did it to, to Dave. That's right. So that's why I said not a fucking chance, right? Um, but that said, 
I think we're making we can we can be making a mountain out of a molehill here. Um, we want it to be this big, big, big thing. It'll be a big, big, big thing maybe someday if we have to face him in some sort of a cup game or some sort of a, a European game, a European League, uh, Champions League, or what have you game, right? If we have to, if we have to face him there in a game that has huge implications, huge meaning. Yeah, I get it. We're not in, we're not in Rome. We're not, you know, in London. We're going to be in Israel. We want to put on a show. The thing is, I think that, I think that of these two Titans of, of the, of the coaching industry, clashing the way they're clashing i i just look i just like conte's tactics better i like conte's system better it's not just it's not just more effective it's more it's it's conte's system is sexy right it's nice to look at it's nice to watch you know it's like a shiny new machine you know, you see a shiny new Lamborghini driving down, driving down the road. You're going to look at that shit, right? You're not going to look at that old, at that old fucking Jeep that's been doing the same thing for 30 years, right? You might look at it to be like, whoa, look at that thing, right? I can't believe that's still on the road, given what it's been doing for the last 30 years. You want to see this nice new machine that's driving down the road, and that new machine is Antonio Conte's Tottenham Hotspur. And uh, I, I don't I don't see it being a game, man. I just don't. I mean, maybe maybe if Jose somehow brings Tammy Abraham back from the fucking dead to, to you know, his Chelsea days beating fucking beating Spurs. But like, I just don't I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't like it. I don't want to even watch the fucking game, honestly, except to except to see fucking Harry Kane and Sonny pump in some fucking goals. Steve, reaction? No, I understand why uh, Mike's coming hard today. It's uh, <laughs> quite the description. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. And if nothing else, just as a, a primer to the season starting, but I, I agree with what... Uh, with what Mike's saying, it's the last chance for some people to impress and give a shout for uh, a starting position. I don't know that it really is going to have long-lasting impacts on the season as a whole, uh, but I, I do think it's another opportunity against a really competitive side for Conte to continue to drill his entire influence into this squad. Um, and I don't see that as a bad thing at all. I, I think it should be a, a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I, God, I can't wait for the season to start. Right there with you. Let's get past this preseason because Steve, as I think you suggested earlier, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's nonsense. You can go undefeated in preseason and, and uh, have a horrible season to boot. So let's see what happens once we get into the real games, Steve. I want to hear your closing thoughts. What do you think as we're wrapping things up? Uh, I was actually just considering uh, an observation that 
I was discussing recently, and this is going to delve into the world of uh, our local Vermont politics for a second. Have you guys noticed that every single fucking Republican running for local office always has the same goddamn maple leaf on their signs? It's the exact same fucking thing. Everywhere I look, I see a maple leaf. I know that person's going to be on the Republican ballot without fail. Who the fuck are they pandering to? Like, is that all it is? Is their entire advertising, their platform just, can I pander to the lowest common denominator and hope for the best? Like, what the fuck's up with that? <laughs> this has been, what's up with that? <laughs> I love What's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> That's why we got to get our boy Jason Sudeikis on with us to uh, to, to help us do that little little bit steve uh yeah yeah okay i i don't know i didn't i didn't know conservative politicians had had the uh the inroads on the maple leaf as a design i'd, I'd say what are they canadian um i, I don't you know, know. I wonder... somebody pointed it out the other day and ever since that's all i can notice especially you know with uh primaries coming up soon in the next what month a little over a month no, wait, that's next month. August There's August, August 9th primary. So it's a couple weeks away, actually. Yeah. So I'm seeing more of these signs come up and, you know, I go and I check and it's like, sure enough, that's what's happening. I, I just, it doesn't, I don't get it. Like, do they not have a single original thought? Like they can't design something unique to themselves? What the fuck's up with that? By the way, Jason Sudeikis, if you're listening to this, we do have openings for uh, guest appearances on Wicked Spursy. We do. Uh, feel free to reach out. Or, yeah, you know. we could we could probably fit him in, I, I expect. Well, we'd have to look at the schedule and see how it shakes out. But yeah. yeah Mike, how about my, you? My random thought. <laughs> Definitely. What's interesting is your random thought was was a little bit wackier than your uh, conspiracy theory. You know, just, just throwing that out. <laughs> just want to point out the discrepancy. Mike, closing thoughts. I don't like to delve into politics um, too, too much. Uh, it's gotten me into trouble in the past. Um, Mike's routinely canceled. <laughs> um, that said, um, we've had um, six guys brought in, right? Uh, every day, more and more rumors keep coming out about new players coming in. Conte wants this player. Conte wants that player. Um I heard a new one today. Um, you know, we have we have the Zaniolo, right? We get Bastoni keeps fucking popping up. Uh, Zaniolo sounds like it might be kind of legit. Um, like I said, Bastoni keeps popping up. God damn it, Adama Traore popped up on ITK today again. Mm. Um, but we're circling right back around to where we started. Alansa Maximum. Um, great, fine. Um, I'm, I'm not going to speak on that guy. I, I, I like him as a player, bring him in. If you can get a, if you can get a, you know, get him at a decent fee, fuck it, bring him in. We can, we can never have enough player, enough players in, in each position as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that said, what Spurs need to work on right now is getting some guys out of here. Um, I know I said it, it doesn't matter if we have 37 midfielders, um, but it, 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 in actuality, it really does because those guys are wages and wages are money. And if money, if, if those players are not on the field, making you the money, 
then what's the point of spending on those players? Even if you have to take, you know, a loss at some of them. Um, guys, you can get money for Harry Winks right now. He's young. He's still a decent player, and he would fit into a lot of different squads, especially in the Premier League. Um, hey, Mike, can you just repeat that one more time? I want to make sure I send that clip to Nicky Winks so that he has that on record. You, you know how to record things? You're a millennial. Okay. Um, what I said was that he is still a good player and that he is young and that the guy the guy can be of use to some Premier League teams. A lot of them, in fact, mid to low table teams, but they can he can be useful um, and maybe he can revive his career. I, we wanted Delhi to do it. Um, it didn't necessarily work out yet for Delhi. Um, but we have to get LaCelso to a team that he wants to play, play for, even if you have to take a loss or break even on him. All of these players, we have to get them out because they are just wages. And we're, we're sucking up money that we don't need to be spending on these players. Um, so going down the line, next couple of weeks, before we can splash on the last day on one or two big names that nobody saw coming. Um, I think that we need to get these players out the door and there's four of them, possibly five. However, I don't have a problem keeping either Emerson or Doherty around or both of them. I think that they're both going to be, uh, they will both be able to get into the team, whether it's European games, cup games, or even in the league games. Um, I see Emerson Royale as being kind of the favorite guy. I wouldn't be surprised to see Lucas Mora um, starting some games at right uh, right wing back coming up. Um, I think he would be great if we could like some somehow meld him and Emerson together into one player. That'd be fucking awesome, but you can't do that. Um, but I think that Lucas Lucas has the ability and he has the drive um, to, to be able to be that right wing back. But as for right now, let's get guys out the door before we start talking about bringing new guys in. Um, and of all those, all those names that we keep hearing over and over again, that Spurs want Spurs want Spurs want. I want James Madison. You said you do, or you do not. I do. You do want. All right. Why? I want Madison. Um, Madison gives us that attacking presence in the midfield. Um, as for right now, like I said earlier, I I just have this hunch that Conte wants to turn Basuma into, into that guy, into an attacking midfielder. But you need to have that option when you're when you're going up against teams that that pack the box like that so that you have somebody who can deliver the ball from the midfield. You need to have somebody who can, who can be an effective scorer um, from the midfield. And um, you need somebody who's going to be able to, 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 uh, to break into that bus and make, make passes in that box that, that maybe a defensive mid midfielder like Hoiberg, you know, couldn't make. And I think Basuma can be that guy. I, I don't. I don't know if you saw. There were a couple of times in that in that match against Rangers where 
that that dude can turn on a ball, huh? Like, holy shit. Th- this guy is special. And I, like I said last week, I think he's going to be our signing of the season. But I think James Madison, um, he's pacey. He can score. Um, he, he, uh, he, his passing is so slick and crisp. Um, it, and I just, I just like the, the way he carries the ball in the midfield and he's, he seems like a little kind of slight dude, but he's, he has this kind of air of like confidence and cockiness about him, not cocky to the point where it's like annoying, but he has this confidence about him that, that, that I really like. And, you know, Brendan Rogers has, has done a great job with this, with this guy. And I think that like, a coach like Conte would be amazing for him. Um, it, an attacking presence in the midfield can be, be the difference in, in, in a game where you have to break open that midfield to, to score goals. You need that extra attacker to, to, to break down those uh, bus parkers. I know we don't have Burnley anymore, but that's that just you said bus parkers i started thinking about scott parker and i don't know that just took me down a whole other whole other different uh snappy dresser trade, snappy trade. dresser He's very, very snappy dresser. i know how to where is he water. is he in the championship now where is he what's he doing uh scotty parker was at uh he was at fulham but then he got fired right that's a boardmouth didn't he bournemouth jesus bournemouth. christ yes there you go all right you know, I just had a genius idea. You know, we've got Roma coming up. We've got, you know, playing against Jose Mourinho. Uh, if We're going to color in those maple leaves blue, right? <laughs> Levy, if you're listening to this, here's an idea for you. I want you to grab Ndombele's contract, right? I want you to fold it up a bit, right? And when you go in for the handshakes at the end of the game, make sure you slip that one over to Mourinho so when he opens it up, it just says no take backs. And then everybody gets on the plane and leaves and Dombele becomes a Roma player. Problem solved. I, I don't have a problem with that. Let's, let's make that happen. How do we do that? What's Wicked Spursy do to make that I occur? just told Levy to do it. That's all, all right. I, we need to do, right? Like that's yeah. it. He listens to this religiously, right? He does. And I have, I have an inroad with him. So yeah, we'll work on that. All right, boys. That's been Wicked Spursy. To our uh, listeners, we appreciate you. Gentlemen, I appreciate you. Mike, I want to make note, we robbed you of really important minutes at the beginning, but we gave them back to you at the end. So just wanted to, to have it be said that um, you represented today. You you did well. Thank you for, for your time. Uh, I love you, Dave. Thanks, Mike. Love you too. And you too, Steve, so you don't feel left out. He doesn't love you as much as he loves chicken tacos, though. This is true with like lettuce and all kinds of good stuff on top. All right. Hey, this has been Wicked Spursy. Uh, Final words, Steve? Course, 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 course. Mike? Be safe, everyone. And don't be an asshole.